And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Oh, the audio feed is like loud and crystal clear. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> A bit too loud and excited there, I think. For Tuesday morning, too. Good morning to you, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. This is our first pick of the day. Bust relocation. So controversy is growing over the defense ministry's plan to relocate the bus of five late Korean independence fighters from the Korea Military Academy in northern Seoul. That's where it's currently situated. So what's the latest on the controversy, Adam? Right. So the busts include that of independence fighter uh, Hong Bom Do, one of the uh, high profile names on that list. Uh, and the ministry actually hinted at a relocation last week. It cited the historical record on independence fighters. Uh, past affiliations with the Soviet Communist Party and related activities. Now, the move is sparking an ideological debate, uh, understandably, with a possible move sparking backlash from uh, liberals and civic groups. Uh, the Democratic Party leader, Lee Jae-myung, for example, called the plan uh, anti-historical. Uh, the People Power Party, in turn, played down the backlash, noting the busts are only being relocated and that the DP was overreacting. Now, but, but criticism also came from within the ruling party as well. As Tegumeya Hong Jun-pyo, a conservative lawmaker, said that it is excessive to try to expel the heroes of the anti-Japan independence war by applying the communism label. Now, the presidential office said it is up to the ministry and the National uh, Military Academy to decide on the relocation. So they're taking a bit of a neutral stance on the matter. The relocation location is uh, an independence um, uh, building or mm -hmm. a monument uh, rather than a military uh, academy. Uh, so reports, meanwhile, suggest that the bust of uh, Hong Bom Do may be the only one to be relocated uh, as for now. Now, the government okay. may also move a bust of him that is in front of the defense ministry's building um, as well. So the high-profile name of Hong Bom Do is probably the only one that will be relocated, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. All right, so line. from the current location of the Korean Military Academy to the Independence Hall of Korea, but as you've said, because the plan doesn't seem to include moving of all of the bus, it seems that the controversy will likely continue for the time being. Uh, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Managing house prices. So the land minister, Won Yu-ryong, says he will regulate and fine-tune housing supply to address the fluctuating housing market, yet he doesn't want to interfere with the free market. What does this all imply? Yeah, so again, another headache for the real estate market, another difficult <laughs> kind of policy sure. that they need to... Uh, string out. Now, with the recent rise in uh, home prices and decreasing unsold units, the housing market's potential for recovery uh, has increased, as is with the case with every economic market. Uh, if things fall, then there's always room for them to rebound and go back up. It's just the uh, the question is of how much and uh, how much it rebounds. Mm. So we, it's always best to avoid kind of a sudden surge and a mm. sudden drop in these cases. Um, however, concerns exist about the decrease in housing permits and the possibility of excessive price surges when it comes to real estate in this case. Uh, one said the government will focus on fine-tuning to prevent people from prematurely concluding that reduced housing supply will lead to price spikes. Uh, so basically, a lot of real people who are looking to buy a house, they're 
looking for basically a discount. So uh, waiting for a drop in the housing price uh, so that they can buy in. Uh, but of course, if a lot of people start doing that, that, that means that prices start to jump very quickly. So uh, this apparently means that he wants to consistently supply house uh, housing to stop a sharp spike in house prices. Of mm. course, this whole uh, economic basics of demand and supply. If you have more supply than demand, and of course, the price action uh, is um, a bit controlled. In that Adam, matter. only so if that's... it were that simple, though. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> yeah. supplies in what neighborhood and not adversely affecting the uh, homeowners' uh, houses to right. drop suddenly either. So it's a complicated right. tug of war because it's not as if we can just input supply in any neighborhood and call right. it a day. Right, it certainly is. It goes beyond Economics 101, I right? I would say. But, uh, <laughs> but the basics anyway. The basic, yeah, the basic principles stand, and that's what the government or Wan Yong is trying to uh, mm. hint at at the moment. Now, if we look at the Seoul apartment prices, uh, which turned downward in May last year before reversing, they've experienced a one-year upward uh, turn since May this year. Now, Seoul's apartment prices have continued to rise for 14 consecutive weeks, Non-capital areas have also returned to a rising trend after a kind of a stabilization in early July. Uh, accordingly, the land ministry will hold a meeting today to discuss housing supply trends as well as countermeasures mm. uh, for that sudden price increase. And the land minister noted that house prices are within a manageable range at the moment if only psychological factors as well as market supply and demand and future prospects are stably managed uh, as well. And then the land minister wants to help where that can be helped. Uh, here's a topic that we haven't revisited for some time, but just a few weeks ago, uh, the president made it clear that he wants to crack down on our dependence on private education. And this is a follow up to that. This is our third keyword of the day. Private Education Probe. So the Board of Audit and Inspection has launched a probe into allegations of teachers providing mock test questions to private education companies in exchange for money. Now, that, those are some serious allegations. Can you tell us the details? Right. So the BA, uh, BAI excuse me, announced that it will start a comprehensive audit by the end of this month to address the so-called private education cartel and strengthen public education. Uh, the audit team consists of 35 members with plans to reinforce uh, specialized personnel as the audit progresses. Now, the audit will cover eight regions, including Seoul and Kyunggi province, and will also include private school teachers in the audit scope. The audit will focus on whether individual acts of collusion, such as providing test questions and giving lectures as well, constitute illegal actions. It will also look into compliance with relevant regulations such as the Anti-Corruption Act, as well as civil servant uh, duty regulations. It will also review causes, scale and legitimacy of external income um, generated. And it will also look into the education ministry and local education officers as well to see if they actually... Uh, supervised such illicit activities adequately or if they were a bit too lax in their oversight of such actions. Now, this is controversial because um, public school teachers uh, and uh, 
some private uh, school teachers as well, they are obliged to only have basically one job. So they mm. can't basically have a, a side hustle, if you will. Mm. Uh, so this is kind of the controversy uh, where they providing uh, all these test questions and mock test questions to private academies is a secondary source of income, hence mm. why this is a kind of a controversy. And uh, there's all this question about fairness as well between those who can afford to get this private education right. uh, uh, rather than those who can't. Uh, so that's why uh, um, from early on, the UN administration has been stressing fairness in public education and a less reliance and in, uh, dependence on uh, these private or hagwons, mm. these private academies. Uh, there have been about 300 teachers who have voluntarily reported to the education ministry that they did provide test questions and made profits on the side. Mm. The, BA, the BAI, though, thinks there could be much more, hence okay. why they're looking closer into this matter. But just the fact that 300 teachers voluntarily reported that they did, in fact, provide these questions to private academies seems to indicate that this was kind of common practice, right? Uh, it's It was perhaps not just the fact that we need to crack down on these problems, but the issue of... Are teachers also compensated enough? Why would they need another side hustle, right? We just talked no. about teachers' rights not too long ago. I mean, mm. the fundamental cause might, well, one of the many causes might be that, right? Not enough mm. income. Yeah, that's certainly uh, probably one of the reasons behind it as well. Uh, and of course, these private academies, some of them, um, of course, are, are very large companies as that's well. It, yeah. And it, it is a private industry after all. So there's, of course, going to be competition with that. So uh, they're probably uh, looking to get a leg up in terms of mm. uh, getting uh, uh, better uh, test questions and uh, better uh kind of su uh, supply of you know education mm. materials mm. Uh, that kind of uh, set them apart from the rest of their rivals uh, or had ones and uh, so it's a controversial issue uh, one that's going to be debated for a long time uh, but uh, we'll have to wait and see <laughs> i mean we're talking about the entire status quo and we're trying to shake it up so a lot of moving yeah. parts there just want to raise mm -hmm. a different angle let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day Missile launch condemned. So North Korea's recent failed satellite launch has prompted, of course, condemnation from several countries, including South Korea, the United States and Japan during a U.N. session. But what if North Korea says those sanctions do not apply to them? What's the latest? Yeah, so more of the same of basically what's uh, usually been said between uh, South Korea, the U.S. and Japan, as well as North Korea, when it comes to these, you know, satellites and uh, mm. missile launches. Uh, and the condemnation this time round came during a UN open-ended working group meeting in Geneva. Uh, now, the OEWG is a working group established by the UN General Assembly to create uh, responsible behaviour norms that countries must follow in the field of space security. Uh, an official at Seoul's foreign ministry said North Korea's choice to oppose safety and sustainable peace in space is deeply regrettable. Uh, it is a question of this space security because North Korea did label it a military reconnaissance satellite. Mm. Uh, now, uh, the official at Seoul's foreign ministry said that the uh, so-called military reconnaissance satellite using ballistic missile technology constitutes an illegal activity. He added that all launches utilizing such technology can contribute to the development of missile systems capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Uh, Japan's representative also criticized the launch during the meeting representatives from uh, Germany and New Zealand also condemned North Korea satellite launch as well, citing it's a violation of UN Security Council resolutions. 
Uh, Hunter Singh, North Korea's ambassador in Geneva, though, said the UNSC resolution is an illegal document that contradicts the UN Charter. And he added that the North will not be bound by such resolutions made primarily by the United States and its followers. Hmm. Uh, so an expected response, basically, from Pyongyang. And he further argued that other countries also launched uh, satellites in South Korea and the United States consistently pose military threats to the regime through joint military exercises, rhetoric that we've heard before. Hmm. Uh, and now a U.S. State Department official countered by saying the exercises are defensive in nature and unlike North Korea's ballistic missile launch, uh, mm. those uh, launched by these other countries, including the U.S., are not prohibited by UNSC resolutions. So more of the same rhetoric, just at a different meeting. All right. And, and for our final keyword of the day, uh, efforts to reduce tensions between the world's two largest economies. This is our fifth keyword of the day. U.S.-China talks. So the United States and China have agreed to exchange information on U.S. export controls targeting Beijing and set up a group to discuss other commercial issues. Not too long ago, bilateral talks on trade, technology, and other economic issues to be pretty regular. Now, neither side appeared ready to make concessions. All right, so what's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so another kind of, you know, cordial <laughs> meeting, as they always tend to be with these diplomatic occasions. But uh, does anything... Practical come out of them rarely. So the agreement uh, was made by the U.S. Commerce Secretary uh, Gina Raimondo and the Chinese Commerce Minister uh, Wang Wentao in a meeting in Beijing. Uh, senior government officials and representatives from the private sector uh, will participate in this uh, new working group that was agreed upon. Uh, meetings will be held twice a year at the vice ministerial level, starting at the U.S. in early 2024. Uh, export controls on chips and other key products will be discussed separately. Though at an uh, assistant secretary level. The first meeting will actually be held in Beijing today. Uh, the two sides also agreed on having their commerce ministers meet in person at least once a year to prevent bilateral tensions from escalating unexpectedly. Uh, Raimondo told Wang at their meeting that the American curves narrowly target technologies with a clear impact on national security and human rights and are not meant to contain China's economic growth. Wang stated the economic and trade relationship between China and the U.S. is not only relevant to both countries, but mm. also to global trade. So the, all the overall, the language is very, you know, friendly and cordial. Um, and they agreed basically uh, to hold more meetings on the issues that are yet to be resolved. So we'll have to see if any resolutions do come out in those meetings in the future. I think it's kind of funny the way that sounds on paper. We will have more yeah. meetings. We don't have a middle ground, but to reach <laughs> yeah. some, maybe not a middle ground, but to make some yeah. concessions and an aim at stable economic relationship, right. we'll have more meetings. Yeah, this meeting is for more meetings. Basically. <laughs> Something that's uh, completely hard for us to ignore is that, of course, China and the United States is at a steep competition, but they're each other's biggest markets too. They rely on each other. So it's not a really yeah. simple solution at sight. Uh, we'll mm. leave it there for now, but not even close to the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Uh, have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. Have a great day yourself. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.